Hey guys, hey Els, how are we today? I'm good, I'm um, feeling a bit happier than I did an hour ago now that I've drunk a litre of Cobra beer. Yep, true to our name, straight up, we are having a little drink. I mean, I It hate... is not straight up, it is a beer. It is a beer. <laughs> it's not a martini. I know. But anyway. uh, I wish, as I just said to you, it fucking tastes like lukewarm piss. Yeah, I hate well, beer. Sorry, you know I do love a beer, that's why I suggested it. Anyway, my loves, how are you all? Thank you for joining us once again. We hope you enjoyed Welcome. last week's episode. We are bringing you, as promised, a big old cultural debrief today, as we always do, bi-monthly bi-weekly I never usually know how to use it's bi-monthly bi-monthly everyone always says it wrong yeah because bi-weekly would be twice a week exactly well done thank Um, you so many esteemed writers get it wrong including in fact fellow editors at the Telegraph oh okay well that makes me feel better terrible behavior well rather than chit chat about what we've been up to I actually want to launch straight into my first recommendation do it babe am I allowed yeah so, gang, have you heard about Gwyneth Paltrow's Oh, I'm so excited for this because I literally haven't. Yeah. I mean, I have, but I haven't With Call Her it. Daddy, Alexandra Cooper, the big American podcaster. Can I just say that Kathleen was calling her Gwynny the whole way before this? As was I? You, yeah, you called oh, her... I didn't even notice. You called her, called, called her Gwynny. Gwynny. Well, do you know, like, who are you? So, a friend of mine <laughs> um, has a dog who is a Pekingese, which is like a type of, like, really cute little floofies and um she's called Gwyneth the Peaky Paltrow she is so tiny I have seen yeah. her out and you know, about yeah Soho. she has an Instagram yeah yeah she's very fabulous I've so is her owner yeah anyway so tell Gwynny. me about your mate Gwynny so I mean she's just fab I'm not gonna lie like I've been uh, my love for Gwynny has been growing over the last few years since the ski trial for me the ski trial was quite fabulous I mean the amount of pieces on quiet luxury that she spurned I are know. impressive enough her, she literally did look like she was on set, especially when she was wearing the glass aviators. Like, gal came prepared, you know. It was so funny. She was dressed for the theme. And she won. So good for Gwynny. Good for Gwyneth. Her interview. Lots of it is about her previous high-profile relationships, which is very fun. And that has essentially been what's really picked up everywhere. Who is she even married to? I don't even know. So her current partner, God, this is terrible. I'm going to actually have to look it up. Um... I can't even remember who it is. So he is. I mean, look. do you uh, think? Do you think she's hot? N- like, yes, I do. But I think she's got hotter. Like for me personally, this is literally my personal taste um, as a straight woman. Yes, uh, she has got more attractive with age. I actually think. Do you reckon? Yeah, because that kind of like blonde twenty-something, blue-eyed wave. I don't know. That's like. There's lots of girls that look like that or lots of actresses. I used to like always that. get her confused with Kirsten Dunst. Exactly. Well, there we go. So, and the, yeah, the elfin blonde thing. So I think actually as she's got older, she's got like more of a unique look going on. Yeah. She does look a little bit like a bird. Yes, but that's not very kind. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I mean that. We're not it. here to tear down women for their appearances. But I love birds. Yes. So. But that did sound disparaging. So perhaps we ought to move on from that quite quickly. <laughs> Her current spouse is Brad Falchuk. Falchuk. Who she's been married to since 2018. He's an American television writer. Oh, he's quite damn hot. Can you see that? It's a good looking chap. He looks like a particularly good picture. Uh, Anyway. Keanu Reeves, I'd say. I think that's just the long hair. She talks in depth about the fact that she was obviously engaged to Brad Pitt for quite some time. And she also went out with uh, Ben Affleck for a while. Gosh. They even do like a fun, um, like 
fuck, marry, kill thing oh where Alexandra Cooper makes her pick. So she's like, okay, fuck Brad, marry Chris. Chris Martin, obviously father of her children. Kill Ben. Sorry, Ben. And what has been really explosively reported on is basically that she compares um, what they're like in bed, Brad Pitt <gasps> and Ben Affleck. And? So they do this game as well that's like, Ben or Brad, Ben or Brad, like, who's the funniest? Who's the this? She said that basically Brad wins everything. She's clearly got a little bit of like a flame for Brad yeah. still. And so does everyone. Do you know what I mean? Like, Brad is like, he's hot. Who he is for a reason. But she did say that, sorry, my voice keeps going really squeaky. Oh my squeaky. God, you're getting is... so excited. You can't No, talk. but I'm getting quite worried because since I was ill with a cold um, after Mexico, I've lost like an octave of my voice. Like every time I try and go to like a certain height, nothing comes out and it's just a squeak. Try. Like sometimes Marlon will ask me something and like from the kitchen and I'm on the sofa and like, I'll say it quite quietly and he literally doesn't hear my response. Do it. Okay, so literally now oh when I try and go high it's really concerning okay if we have any doctors listening to this like what the hell is going on with Catherine's I'm stores? actually really concerned and it's not going back to normal uh, you're not even a smoker I know it literally sounds like I've been on the fags for the last 40 years it does actually however and maybe this is not great I have been known to have the occasional puff on a friend's vape on a <gasps> night out and I think Your vaping is choice is killing you well I just don't think it's helping yeah because like I did that on Saturday. I had like a load of a vape and then suddenly was like, mm, and since I can't speak properly, that probably wasn't a good idea. It is wild how many of my friends are just vaping constantly all night when they didn't used to smoke. Even smoke. Well, it's yeah. a big thing now, isn't it? Like my 17-year-old sister, they all, oh, they no. all vape rather than smoke. I'm concerned. Right. Sorry. Back on track. Back on track. What I personally like the most is that Gwyneth says, when comparing their lovemaking, her two previous exes, Ben and Brad. Did I say before what she does say? The one win that Ben has is that she said he was funnier than Brad. He made her laugh. Ben more. was funnier than Brad. Yep. Do I see that? Yes, I do. I think you Brad Pitt is quite earnest. But on the uh, on the topic of the bedroom, she said, ooh, Brad was sort of like major chemistry, love of your life, kind of, at the time. And then Ben was like technically excellent. So he could find the clitoris. Well, good for J-Lo quite frankly that means i think that is a woman's way of saying he could go down on a girl do you think that's what she well i don't know i think she was just saying yeah he's technically excellent he knows but i think you've got the move you wouldn't yeah but what is a move well it could be lots of different things i think but that i think that's really what we're drilling down on because that is see i disagree actually i think you're you're um what's the word you i think that's one of the few technical skills men that is scarcity among men yes but there are other technical skills required yeah but pace being pe- one pace <laughs> i don't know pace anyway enough of that <laughs> my stepdad's probably listening uh, <laughs> in speaking <laughs> of those topics funnily enough uh Gwyneth Poulter and Chris Martin's daughter Apple was actually there so after she said that whole thing she was like oh my god I can't believe my daughter's listening to this and there's quite a fun video that Alex Cooper's put out now of Apple who's obviously like this chic little 17 year old being like, oh my mom, oh my god, my mom's uncle, her daddy, like covering her ears, being like, I cannot hear this. But apparently, when she got there, because she came with her mum to the interview, she said to the host, like, make sure you roast her, don't leave anything off limits, like, go for it. So, do you know Apple what? I've, I've seen Apple on her Instagram before, but she's like, roasting her. Yeah, she's quite jokes, isn't she? And then at the end, Alex Cooper gives Gwyneth Paltrow a Nepo baby t shirt, and Gwyneth's like, oh, you should have got one for Apple. Ah, which is quite fun. Oh my God, I love that. How does Alex Cooper get these guests to spill, get Hollywood A listers to spill the tea on her, their sex lives? What the hell? She's just a fabulous interviewer, and obviously, there's quite a lot of crossover because Call Her Daddy was set up like as a sex podcast, so it's all like sex positivity, so it's yes. quite in line with Goop. And literally, Gwyneth is like, thank you for what you do for young women you know it's it's on brand and i have to say i did love all the brad pitt detailing who would you rather sleep with 
Of Bed or Bran. Bed or Bran? <laughs> Bran Frank. Or, I mean, obviously Bran, that goes without saying. She met Brad when she was only 22 and he was like nine years older than her. Did you know they were engaged? They weren't just like together, which I'd kind of like, I think I did know that, but I just like forgotten it as like 90s lore. She met him on the set of Seven. Have you ever seen Seven? Yes, I love that film. I love with that Morgan film. Freeman. Do you like horror films? Not usually, but I like that one. I watched that with my boyfriend in Switzerland. In Switzerland. In Switzerland. Specifically. Yeah. You God, remember it. It's good. If you haven't seen it, guys, it's a horror film based on the seven sins. And everyone is murdered according to their sins. Gluttonous or whatever. Yeah, gluttony. Oh, God. gross, but... And yeah, she said that she and Brad had like major love at first sight. Like it was like crazy. Like they were like smitten from the minute they saw each other. She tells the story of how he proposed in Argentina. Like they talked about it, but she was like still really surprised. Uh, however, she broke off the engagement because she said, basically, I had a lot of development to do. Looking back in hindsight, in a lot of ways, I hadn't really, I didn't really start to fully come into myself until I was 40 years old. I had such a pleasing issue. I didn't even really understand how to listen to my instincts and act from that place. I was always trying to adjudicate what's right for everybody else. And I think that tendency to people please is a chronic issue for young women. Yes. You would you say you're a people pleaser? I would not say I am. You're interesting. Uh, don't think so no am I mm. but then also I wouldn't say you necessarily were apart from when you tell me you are yes yeah, yeah I say I'm a massive people pleaser like I definitely want people to like me a lot yes like, no you are no you are yeah no I'm too I'm too I feel like you don't care that much if people don't like you like you're quite good at being quite like take me as I am well also it's more like I tried to do the whole charming thing and it doesn't necessarily work <laughs> so like it's easier not to try Whereas I think you're quite good at turning on the charm. I just feel like it's so hard, particularly as a woman, when society has basically told you your entire life that you are number one, most importantly, needed to be liked. Like women have to be likable. That is a big thing. Yeah. And if you're not likable, that's not okay. Whereas men can be like other things. They can be successful, but not likable. And that's fine. They can be bossy or powerful you know what I mean like likable isn't like a prerequisite for men whereas it is for women I feel yeah it's interesting because I know that's the narrative but I wouldn't necessarily say that was a narrative I felt pressure for um so let's just give a random scenario say you were at work and you knew that a decision you were going to make was going to like really piss off like four of your colleagues yeah you could make another decision which you know is not the right one to do and keep everyone happy what would you choose yeah, you're right. Um, but then it depends how junior and senior I was. like In your exact context now. In my te- yeah. exact context now. But then again, it's all about power, isn't it? Because people who are more junior to me, I don't care. Like obviously being re- within the realms of like being fair and nice and polite. But like I won't compromise on my decision making just to be likable if mm. they're more junior to me. But, yes, but you would if they were more senior. But if they're more senior... But, but then that's not about being likable so much as like you have to because they're yeah, so that's like I mean. maybe so you know I don't what? maybe know. work is a bad example. Yeah, but also I I I find it a really interesting topic because I I find it really difficult to dissociate from like what I'm told that influenced me as a woman. You know that thing that people say like women have been told from the beginning not to take up space, mm. and I'm like, yeah, but I don't necessarily feel that I got taught that being at an all-girls school and then having Mm. mostly female friends at uni I think it was only when I got to work and then I actually rebelled quite a lot 
because I found that really strange. I rebelled quite a lot. And I think that's probably why I found friction in my early years of work. And actually, now you say that when we first met, you're definitely not a people pleaser. Sorry. I'm thinking of like certain things that happened when we were younger at work and you definitely aren't afraid to ruffle feathers that's what I, mean. I am but I think and actually but, you've dragged me into your feather ruffling many a time yeah which well, I, I, I probably wouldn't do now no but it was very good but I was did. so people pleasing that I did what you told me even though it made me look a bit insane in front of senior staff well yeah but you were you were supporting I was woman. supporting I was supporting you were a woman's, supporting cause. The that's woman's true. cause exactly but I still remember there was one manager who didn't invite me to a meeting but invited every single other person in the office and I got up from my desk and went sorry can I just check why I'm the only person not invited on this meeting when I'm a senior member of staff you're so oh, brave I was, like, I was literally hilarious. 24 <laughs> <laughs> I'm a senior member of staff they're like uh, no you're actually not so and um then I marched into the editor's office and demanded why to be present yeah and were they like, okay? I think so, yeah. To be you fair. can join. To be fair, it was mental that I wasn't. It was a, it was a weird um, power play. Power play that I wasn't invited. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm like, is it because I went to an all girls school? But I'm I went s- to an all girls school, um, and I know what you mean. In that, I mean, I think going to an all girls school in one way it's a bit like socially stunting because I think I actually do believe that generally kids should be mixed gendered at school having yes. been to all girls school. Yes. Particularly boys, I think it's really important for them to be socialized yeah, so in that true. way. However. Because I think also it humanizes women to boys, if that makes sense. Like totally. I think I think men who go to all boys schools can can grow up feeling that women are this like other, whereas if yes. they are at school with girls, they can understand. Also, surely they wouldn't have this. They wouldn't think porn is real if they were also talking to girls at school every day. Like any any guys out there listening, which we know you do, because quite a few of you have uh, snuck out the woodwork on yes. various IRL twenty percent of our occasions. Is male. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Let us know if we're being absolutely unreasonable. But I do think that going to all girls school gives women the like safe space totally. when you really need it to like be weird and look ugly and like not look ugly. I and mean, I did air quotes there, guys, but like you can just be a silly like girl freely with other girls without worrying about how you're being judged like by boys or like how you're like refracted through the male gaze. Like, yeah. I think that's really healthy. Totally. I think the only kind of real sexism I encountered pre uh, work was very much based on my look. So objectification, Mm. um, being overly sexual, borderline harassment. But all of that was obviously terrible, but it it didn't make me feel small. It made me feel like boys are disgusting and I'm hot. That's probably how it made me feel. Actually, no, one guy did shout at me that was chubby. And I was so (laughs) outraged. I made four of my guy friends go and take them outside. And it caused like a a wild. Yeah. Lol. So I feel like it's more that, like a like a physical um harassment and objectification. But maybe that does make some women feel like they should take up less space. Especially if you've been actually like traumatized by it and I mean, another thing that Gwyneth says that I definitely really resonate with is that women have a really, really strong intuition. Yeah. And that we just don't always listen to it. But that ultimately, like she says, as women, we know on such a deep level what's right for us. So it's really just a matter of how many layers we've put on top of that. And she suggests like tune in and really listen to yourself. The closer you are to yourself, then the more decisions you'll make from that place and they'll be the right one, which is all a bit goop speak. But I do think she's like bang on because she's basically saying that's why her and Brad didn't work out because he was older than her. She was still trying to like tickle these boxes and be this certain kind of woman for him. And she was still actually really like figuring herself out. She didn't 
hadn't explored who she was. She didn't know what was important to her. She didn't know what her boundaries were. And her um her like view is obviously that you really need to do all that stuff like before you settle down with like your long-term love like she was in a much better place to meet chris martin having done all the work on herself where she was i just hadn't done the work on myself when i was with brad to be able to actually make that like union work my god i've been with my boyfriend for 12 years and we were each other's first partners so neither of us have done the work yeah have you done work on you no actually what is going on with your therapy have you mean are you still doing therapy um, do you know what? I have stopped. Basically, I have nothing traumatic from my family to bring up. And yeah. that's, and the, the, the therapist kept trying to bring it back to my family to be like, yeah, that's annoying. And she kept using lots of cliches about like how I was invisible and hiding behind my byline and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't necessarily think that's, that's true. Interesting. Um, so yeah, I kind of just didn't know what to talk about. Do you think that was your therapist though? Cause I must say I actually yeah. changed therapists. I wasn't keen on my first one. And I was like, this is kind of a waste of time. And oh my God, it's like literally amazing. I think I need to do it. I would need to do it in person and it to be someone I really liked. It needs to be someone that's going to really help you like dig deep and like understand yourself and like grow as a person and evolve. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think like, like you say, like, what is the point of just going over childhood trauma? Like, that's not helpful. Like, well, I definitely if you don't, don't have any. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially if you don't have any. But like, yeah, even like, I'm just like, that's not actually helpful. You don't need to like constantly look back into the past of like, why, you know, with people pleasing, I'm sure lots of therapists will be like, well, your parents told you you weren't good enough. Yeah. But actually like, I think it's definitely a bigger issue than that. You know, like we've said, it's a societal thing for women a lot of the time. No, I think you're right. I think it's more just like, I don't really have the time to shop around for a new therapist and yeah. spend the money in the process figuring it out. So like one of the things that Gwyneth says, she says that most of us in our relationships are just replaying the dynamic between our most difficult parental relationship. So what you're doing in your current relationship is essentially like playing out whatever your dynamic was with the parent that you got on with less. Oh my God. Which is a really interesting way to think about things. Do you agree? She said that Kerry Washing said to her, there's only one letter difference between parent and partner. My God. And that made her really think about herself. And she was like, what you've got to think is, am I trying to work something out with this person that is really my own work? And she said she was falling into those traps with Chris Martin as well, like with previous partners, with them, the, the famous conscious uncoupling later along. She said that, basically her quote was, you get this software upgrade when you turn 40. And so suddenly you like yourself, you don't care what anyone thinks of you. She said, you feel whole for the first time in your life. And she was like, she then realized that she needed to not be in the marriage to Chris. Wow. So at 38, she started questioning it. At 40, she was like, I chose myself. And knew that it was going to be really traumatic for the kids, knew that it would be like, you know, horrific, but that actually she like needed to do it for her. Yeah. Which basically, God, I love that. But how scary to think your partner could just wake up one day and be like, this isn't good for me. And then just... And you haven't even necessarily done anything wrong. I mean, I guess that's kind of the point, isn't it? Is that you need to have like done the work on yourself. Like you both need to be in such a strong place that that need that you wouldn't that wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you've done the work separately and together. Yeah, God. Even the doing the work makes me feel like I mean, it's such an American phrase, isn't it? She says doing the work. Like my God, that phrase is used like at least like ten times in the interview. It's an annoying phrase, mm. but it is essentially true. true yeah it is like how else do you really describe it it is like doing the work isn't it and i do think as we get older which is why i think it's really good that you did the therapy you know not yeah. everyone has to do therapy forever but um you can tell like the people that are not self-aware by the time you get into your late 20s and 30s like really stick out like a sore thumb i would say yeah you know what i mean like behavior that would be forgivable in your early 20s becomes really not okay <clears throat> totally but then i've also met people who have done a lot of therapy and uh 
even less self-aware than they were when they began it because they've been they've got a victim complex no you're right and you have mentioned this to me before yeah. I think Sydney Lima did a piece on this recently yeah. actually which I really enjoyed which was that like therapy speak has basically turned like a whole generation into like victims yeah and I do think there's an element and of that for yes sure. not always but yeah they, it can make someone so selfish and it can it can make people cut if you people. are a narcissist a yeah. therapist is going to like shore up that position basically because exactly. they're going to be like yes it is everyone else's fault but then are they because like in the past I had a therapist that was like definitely calling me out on my shit like she was like i would love that marlon is a saint for that and i was like oh really who's i would love that kind of therapist because i think that's what really turned me off with my last one was she was constantly telling me that i had been ignored and abandoned and i was special and i was invisible and i was like and all these platitudes but also if you don't feel that that then that's just not true yeah like well i don't feel that i was ignored so you can keep telling me that every week, but... Oh, I think also, like, and maybe this is the problem with me, is, like, because I don't have deep, deep mm. trauma or anything, I kind of just want to talk about more, um, you know, less serious things, but they're still important to me, you know, like... Yeah, Friendship or work dynamics, things that will affect me on a day-to-day basis that haven't, like, scarred me to the grave, you know, but I think that's the problem. So I was trying to talk about stuff that I found important to me and that would really help me grow as a person, but she made them all so serious and... But like made them so much more like Freudian essentially yeah and brought it all back to like these this abandonment complex I was like this is not helpful you're like I don't have an abandonment complex yeah. stop creating one but it's like but that yeah. it doesn't need to be that bad for it to be important I think that's what I found oh no I is. really hear you on yeah. that I think and I think that the everyday is actually the most important thing in a sense obviously if you're working through PTSD or anything particular that's yeah. a whole different story I'm not saying that but for the average Joe if you're fortunate enough to be able to afford like therapy and you think that you could benefit from it it is about getting you through your daily life exactly yeah and just building confidence. And I think um, that was the issue. And yeah, I also think she was quite stupid. And that's... An, I also, if you don't respect a therapist... No, no, you're right. Yeah, and I had that sort screwed. of same thing. I said that to you. The first one I had, I was like, I feel that I know more than you about like therapy. So, yeah. I mean, obviously I didn't. That's ridiculous thing to say, but you know what I mean. Well, I have to say, my therapist said to me when I said, I'm feeling really anxious about the fact that journalism is collapsing in on itself and I'm a journalist. She was like, oh... It's journalism, not do- like I didn't realize that the media was in a bad place. Oh, for like, God's yeah, you're like I just can't have this conversation yeah. with you. Although interestingly, I've been speaking to more and more people about like salaries and stuff like that recently for some weird reason, and they're all amazed. People who are outside of the media that we don't earn a shit ton. Oh yeah, well we've always said this, haven't we? Like when we were at GQ, people assume because it's like a luxury lifestyle yeah. magazine that you're like rolling in it, and you're like, no, mate, like I'm literally practically like destitute on minimum wage, like yeah. no. Not even on London living wage, I think, at one point. Yeah. So it is a definitely an interesting dynamic. But that is the issue with all of this um, aspirational lifestyle world, isn't it? A lot of the time people are not actually living the lifestyle that they're like projecting. So and true. That can be a bit of an issue. But back to Gwyneth. I back just have one or two more things oh, that yeah, I want to tell, tell you about because I think you'll enjoy on Go the topic on. of therapy stuff and the work. Uh, she actually said that winning an Oscar at 26 triggered a massive identity crisis for her. Interesting. What did um, she know for Shakespeare in Love? Yes. And I think it's that kind of thing. It's like, um, have you heard of gold medal syndrome? Uh, no. So Stephen Bartlett talks about it a lot in Diary of CEO. And it's basically gold medalists report, once you win the gold medal, you get depression. Because you've worked like your whole life towards this thing and then it happens and it's like a massive anticlimax. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And so it's that whole thing again. It's, it's the journey, not the destination. You yeah. Know? And she basically had that so she won the biggest prize that was possible in acting essentially she'd worked really really hard up until that point everyone's looking at you and she actually did say funnily enough 
with everything that we've just been saying, her parents really did inadvertently instill this feeling of that she had to prove something that wasn't good enough. Mm. And that's part of the reason that she was really ambitious. But yeah, she just didn't feel that great after winning the Oscar. She said she also felt a real pivot on that night where up to that moment, everyone was rooting for her. And then as soon as she won, it was too much. Okay, here's a question for you. Would you rather be Gwynny win the Oscar at 26? Did you say 22 or 26? 26. 26. And then obviously you have to grapple with those feelings of what's next for the rest of your life and I'll never top this or whatever. Or would you rather be Glenn Close, who I think is in her 80s, still not won an Oscar, Ooh. was beaten by Olivia Coleman when everyone thought Glenn Close was going to win it like three Gosh, years that ago. is a very hard question. That is a really difficult one. I know. Because in one way, like you say, like truly, if it is the journey, not the destination, then Glenn Close is like, you know, having a great time, really, because she's been working her whole career. Like she is still at the pinnacle of her career. She's so well-respected. She's done so much. But like there's this thing that she's still reaching for, which people yeah. argue it's good to have a goal. When you don't have a goal, that's when you get lost. Yes. And also potentially she is so over the whole awards thing that she has not been doing any work with that in mind. So that's been mm. like truer. Work. But also I think you would feel a bit miffed as Glenn Close that you still hadn't been recognised and you watch all these other fuckers winning every year and you've been there for like the last 50 years. And you're like, hello, when is my moment going to be? I mean, it was unfortunate that it was Olivia Coleman who did deserve it. Yeah. Like, what the hell did she win it for? I've got her now. Probably that boring film that you liked that I didn't. Uh, oh, <laughs> the one on Netflix. The Daughter. The, yeah, that was it. No, I didn't mind that film. I just found it a bit depressing. But Glenn Close should have won it for The Wife, which I really, really loved. Is that the one about the husband who's like the Nobel Prize winner and she actually writes all his stuff? Yes. I watched that on a plane and I actually really enjoyed that. It I was so it good. Oh, yeah. My God. Did she win it for The Lost Daughter? I think she did. Yeah. Well, if you haven't seen it, guys, don't bother. No, I think Glenn, here first. Glenn Close should have won. Definitely. This episode is sponsored by Huel. Okay, guys, if you haven't heard of Huel, then you have to listen closely to this. It has literally changed both of our lives when it comes to fitness. We are both so much healthier and in the best shape we've ever been, if we do say so ourselves. And we've been saving loads of money as well, and it's all thanks to Huel. Yep, we'd both tried various proteins before, but trust us when we say that none are like this. Huel is a nutritionally complete meal, which basically means that you can have it as a delicious shake in so many different flavors. I love the salted caramel. Els loves the chocolate. It's 200 calories per scoop, and two scoops gives you literally Literally everything your body needs is 26 essential vitamins and minerals and a massive, massive 40 grams of protein. Also, I have literally zero time in the morning for breakfast, no matter how hard I try. So Huel is so useful first thing. I don't spend money on overpriced and unhealthy breakfast anymore. Neither do I embarrass myself in front of my colleagues by having lunch al desco at 10am. I mean, I just cannot get over how tasty it actually is as well. I love mine with a bit of peanut butter and some ice. Also, it's £1.68 a portion. I mean, how can you beat that? It works out to being so cheap. And if you order via Huel.com forward slash straight up, then you'll get a free shaker and a free t-shirt with your first order. Okay, so this is your PSA, gang. Protein does not make women look bulky or masculine. Repeat after me. It makes you look gorgeous and healthy. And Huel is the best of the best. There's a reason this British company is taking over the world. So do get involved and join us at Huel.com slash straight up and let us know how you get on. I mean, what Gwynny actually does say that's quite interesting as well is she talks about how because of that identity crisis, in a way that has in the long run led to goop. And so in a sense, I'm like, I guess if you achieve your goal at 26, then you can go on to have loads of more other exciting goals, which is more interesting. Like she took three years off when she was having her kids. She still hasn't starred in a major role in a film since. She's done, oh. done bits and bobs. I did read and, that she said she'd retired. Yeah, and she basically says she was like, 
I encourage all women to stop and ask, am I doing what I love? Am I fulfilled? And am I brave enough to give myself permission to do something different if I want to? My God. And that was the start of Goop essentially because she was like i love being the person that has the answers to questions like what's the best temperature to roast a chicken where do i get a bikini wax in barcelona and she was that person like to her friends anyway and so she was like right how do i turn this into like a business so i would take any woman that talks about bravery when they're not asking a winning multi-million pound earning actress with a pinch of salt because like obviously if i was in that position yeah i'd probably feel quite brave to start a wellness business no and to be fair she does definitely acknowledge that like she's like i was in a massively privileged position to be able to take that time off with my kids and all that but i think good for her you know i think goop is great i think she touches on some interesting stuff in the interview as well about how like it's often um it's like belittled and discounted by people trying to refer to it as pseudoscience when actually it isn't pseudoscience at all like most of what they cover is either like scientifically like rigorously researched or when they do the far out stuff that people always like jump on it's always done as a like fyi guys this is very much a new trend that there's limited research into but because it's wellness because it's women because it's in the sexual sphere it like people want to tear it down and not consider it to be like a serious leader in the wellness space talking of sexual spheres um i've now been hearing on my network of women going to lisbon to get this oh is, this how is, convenient that you were just in lisbon no, guys, hearing I, on your network i actually didn't do this um but women are going to lisbon to have like a four-hour fingering session with a man Oh uh, god! No, it's not called that though. It's oh, called... those like tantric? No, they're not even. Yeah, I know. It's a tantric... I do have a friend who you've actually met, and I'm not yes. going to say their name right yes, now. I have. Um, who has done that? But in Thailand, somewhere I... was it in Thailand? I think Gosh, so. you have a better memory than me. Yes, it was like. I was very interested. Yes, yeah, like a special like person that you go to for like. Yes, but Sorry. again, it's all it's in not this... a fingering session. No, it's, it's like um... a tantric sort of Experience. massage slash personal awakening slash. It's all meant to, you know, it's all about the energies in your yes. bodies. And I think the one I'm talking about, they like cry when you So who told you about it? Areas. Oh, so it's a bit like that Netflix. I'm not say because then I'm just No, but you said of... multiple women. So I'm like, as in, how do you know that there are, how is, oh, because they've told me about it. And, and they know lots of other people that have also gone to this person. Yes, Got I think it. they're clearly in a liberated circle of women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is often the way. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a whole friendship group. Loads of the like polyamorous people I know, like all know each other. Yes, stuff, so true. Yeah. And then another person, um, who I was reading about has just been on like a breast massage, um, like a tantric breast massage course and even put on her like Instagram, like he wants to go on a breast massage date with me. I don't God. really know what that means. I don't know if that's like you massage each other's breasts or that would probably be quite weird if it was like two yeah. mates doing that. To I each mean, other. the sexual wellness. Do you remember when we actually had a naked massage together? Did we? Uh, in Morocco when they like put, the girls together and the boys together and oh then yeah we were, like getting scrubbed down like naked and we're like, oh okay well this is fine for us but i wonder how the boys are feeling about this i know i think they probably dealt with it less good i've had a naked bath of with a friend yeah that's not a big deal like and as i've t- told you before when i was 18 me and my friends all lined up in a row mm. and compared our vaginas mm, you definitely haven't told me that that is strange in barcelona uh, what i will say is are they even really your best friend if you haven't seen them naked i would no. wage no they're not I, I have seen you naked i've seen you naked many a time Sorry, anyway, we'll probably leave that there. <laughs> Sounding strange. We've been on holiday together many times. There is a reason we don't do naked podcast recordings, just to be clear. Imagine if uh, you did. It's not something that happens in England. I'll say that. Probably Finland. 
They yes, do, they they're do quite podcast recordings yeah. <laughs> in saunas. Right, sorry, this is becoming actually. Unage. I can tell you one strange thing that happened when I was in Mexico. What? There's some nudist beaches there. I didn't go to the nudist beach. However, one evening, Marlon and I were sat on the beach for sunset. It was a really busy beach. The main beach. There was loads of people there. There was people like having beers. There was like families having picnics. There was like people meditating, doing yoga. Like people of all stripes, ages, whatever, tourists, Mexicans, everything, and um this naked man just like strolled over to us while we're on the beach and like was trying to ask me for a lighter, but it was clearly that he like, I don't think he really wanted a lighter. I think it was like, you know, what do you call it when like... Striking up conversation. Um, No, you know, like Perhaps. exhibitionists. Oh. So I think he was like asking me for a lighter to like try and make me like notice that he was naked. Oh. Obviously it was like five o'clock and like no one else on the beach was Otherwise naked. Otherwise known as harassment. Yeah, so I had to like really try hard to like keep a straight face and just be like, no, I don't have a lighter, sorry. And then just like watch him like stroll down the beach up naked and everyone's like sort of looking but trying not to. It was very strange. Oh my like, God. He just had literally no clothes on, not even, not even a pair of flip flops. That's really I find um, exhibitionism really strange. Yeah, I'm just like, you want everyone to look at you. You're doing this. You're, this is not you just doing a bit of like, you know, liberated naked sunbathing. This is you strolling down a two mile stretch of beach trying to get every person on this beach to have a look at your Or like parts. flashers, like, on the, like men who flash on the tube. Yeah. Bizarre. That's all a weird... Well, no, I, let's not even get too much into it, I think. No. It's, it's a little bit one, one fear I do have is that I've been upskirted without my knowledge as in you actually have or you're worried that you no, have? No, I'm worried that I have. Think about how many little cameras could be on men's shoes as I wear a oh, short skirt. Oh, come on. I think you're getting a bit paranoid there. I think if you were going to... I mean, I'm not, not... not. What are you saying about my capacity? My... Well, I'm saying like are that many men wearing cameras on their shoes <laughs> so they can upskirt you on the tube? Like, uh, probably not. I think most of the men that are doing upskirting are just like drunken louts that do it really obviously and you can practically see them do it. Well, there was a group of women who rented an Airbnb uh, last weekend and they discovered hidden cameras in all the bathrooms really oh yeah. my god that's really gross i've never checked yeah i'm going well, to an airbnb next well, weekend check. and it's definitely oh not the first story i've read about this oh my god okay mm. well you had a hit first guys yeah guys check all the vents be very careful very careful <laughs> well you change your tune pretty quickly there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so moving on from Gwynny. Do you know that last week we didn't talk about dating normies? And I feel like considering that Gwyneth oh is God. now with a relative normie, having had three high-profile celebrity relationships. Sorry, Brad Fulchuk, not to minimise your achievements, but you are no Brad Pitt. Oh, God, and he's called Brad as well. Yes, but she's ended up with a normie. So maybe that's saying that in the long run, you know, wise, worked on herself Gwyneth, did feel that she needed to end up with a man who was a normie. Yeah, I... I think so. I would, hmm, would I ever be able to date a celebrity is the question I've asked myself. Because there are so many options. Um, I think no, because seeing how um, people get ripped apart by the stands, like the Harry Styles stands, oh where she was God, dating Olivia, Olivia Wilde. Wilde. We talked about that in one of our apps. Did we? Yeah. yeah. I just think it's not, I wouldn't go near them with a the, with the barge pole. I'm not, I'm not secure enough in my looks. Actually, this was the um, thing in uh, romantic comedy I talked about last week briefly. Uh, the the comedy writer dates a massive male pop star. And the novel by Curtis Sittenfield that you yes, recommended last week. Yes, and she goes to visit him in LA and they get papped. And there's a really realistic few scenes where she talks about like zooming in on all the pat pictures of her in her like what she thought was her hottest leggings and looking quite like svelte and like looking like terrible little lumpy and all the comments being like, oh my God, like clearly the pandemic's been rough on him. He can't even get a good looking girl now. Oh and, like, God. I mean, apart. it would be absolutely awful. Yeah, because it would be like that. 
having, I mean, where did I even see this recently? It, I can't remember where I was reading something when they were saying like, does anyone actually even enjoy fame or like, is it so socially, like, is it so cripplingly anxiety inducing that actually no one enjoys it at all because you know that every single person is judging you so you just can't yeah the only people that seem to enjoy it are those who are constantly chasing it because they're not famous realistically it's like Gwynny one of our this I'm sorry this is the last time I will bring her up I promise but Gwynny said that Hollywood is just like high school with money yeah that makes sense Mm. but with also maybe a bit more talent (laughs) yes Maybe. I would assume. Maybe. But maybe not, not always. I mean, yeah, I think what having would you do a with... celebrity partner is a big commitment. However, you know, that's not to say that there aren't people that make it work. Like we've talked to loads of people like, I, I don't know, James Bay, who was like been with his partner for like his whole life, like since he was 16 and... Or Ed Sheeran. She's kind of out the public eye and people, yeah, people don't like dig into like what Ed Sheeran's wife looks like. But yeah. maybe they did when he got together I with her, to I was fair. stalking her yesterday because that docu- Disney documentary's just come out where she does talk about her cancer scare. Um, and I was like, my God, she's attractive. I didn't realise how attractive she's she was. She's got a great job as well. Well, she did, obviously, having children at the moment. But I know she was like a high flyer in the city or something. Like yeah. She very much had her own career. Yes, and also hugely into hockey because Ed Sheeran would go and <laughs> visit her. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Telegraph yeah. gave his album five stars. Oh, I need to listen to it. I have not yet. But anyway, yeah, I would say that Cherry, despite being married to one of the most famous men in the entire world, has managed to keep out the spotlight really well. I think it can work, but I think that your part, like the famous person needs to be one of those people that's like rabid about keeping their private life private. Yes. Like you'd need a partner that is like seriously on that, you know, that's like, I will, whereas like, like we say, Harry Styles, like even though he tries to keep his personal life private, there is always going to be such a crazy interest in him yeah. that like, it's just not possible for him to date someone without them having thousands of opinions. Do you also think though, it's because there isn't the sense of lust towards Ed Sheeran that there is Harry Styles. Because- oh yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So people 100%. aren't quite so, so like, It's not the jealousy like underpinning the t- exactly it Exactly, yeah. jealousy. I mean, I did read the Emrata interview in Vogue Spain recently where she talks about the video of her snogging Harry Styles in Japan that got caught yeah and she was saying like super unfortunate you know we obviously did not think that anyone was recording us like I had no idea and she said like she just basically says like in general this is why celebrities live in LA don't go to public restaurants hire security um but if there's something to understand from reading my book it's that all I wanted was to have money to have freedom so the idea of giving all of that up for the sake of privacy is something I haven't considered yet really interesting so she's like I would rather be followed and have money and freedom yeah to be honest I do understand why celebrities go and live in LA because it's just all celebs and no one's bothering each other really yeah you all just like blend in um, I think the same with New York. Like it's so deeply uncool to try and like go up to some a celeb in like New York that they they don't and they're quite insular. They can like live their own lives yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Um, talking of very cool people, I have been. <laughs> That's a slick segue there, huh? Yeah. Sorry. Um, it is eight p.m. on a Thursday. Um, I have been reading the Mammoth It Girl coverage on New York Magazine. Yes, I am really excited to hear about this because I've only read one of the pieces, which was with Jamie King because she is one of my favourite people of all time. Really weirdly, she's one of my random celeb crushes. Interesting, I didn't know this. Yeah, the former model turned actress, you know, the one that's in, I mean, I was going to say White Chicks, that's literally from like 20 years ago now, but I only read the piece about her, which was done 
by another model and it was kind of like about she was basically the poster girl for like hair and chic in yes, the 90s yeah exactly so it's basically the new york magazine have done a cover of the it girl which is poignant for them because in the 80s one of the first it girls was called diane brill and she was the cover of new york magazine with the cover line it girl and that was one of the first like popularized media to like uses they like jumped of, on yeah. it from there but anyway so it has this huge timeline i mean it's honestly took me so long to read it so i'll give you an abridged version but I didn't realise that the It Girl stretched as far back as 1927 from an erotic fiction novella by a writer called Eleanor Glynn, who was not well respected as a writer, but she did write this novella called It, which um, was serialised in a magazine uh, about, about a relationship. And she describes it as that strange magnetism which attracts both sexes, a purely virile quality belonging to a strong character who is entirely unselfconscious, full of self-confidence, indifferent to the effect of being an it person um, and totally uninfluenced by others. Oh, that's bang on. I would say that's bang on. Considering she invented the term, yes. well done, Eleanor, for having a good summary. Good for you, Eleanor. Um, anyway, so then her novella was turned into a silent film called It, which um, then starred a flapper called Clara Bow, who was like stunning and became what was known as the first it girl and she fun fact was the inspiration for the new Margot Robbie film Babylon so she was like super druggy and slept with men and women and apparently dogs um she was like as all women did in the public eye and still do I guess totally dragged by scandal and eventually became like quite addicted to drugs obviously had that classic very sad life i think she retired from hollywood age 28 anyway so that was the 20s it girl then it kind of died down again but in the 60s became a big thing again with andy warhol because he would essentially through the factory which is his i guess kind of artistic salon find women his muses and turn them into it girls not on purpose but that's just what happened if you hung out with him through like studio 54 or whatever so eddie sedgwick was the main it girl then um who had a thing with bob dylan and again very sadly died of a drug overdose age 28 mm. um then in the 80s it was all about the downtown new york club scene which was when diane brill became one of the most photographed women and she was the one that covered the new york magazine with the cover line it girl and again she has a really good summary of what makes someone an it girl she was interviewed by david letterman um and she says the rules of engagement of being an it girl are you go out every night. The best time to show up is at the peak of the party. The peak of the party is a mood. The question is not always when to come, but when to leave. And that time is once you've said hello to everyone, then you exit discreetly. And then the party crashes. And they think that obviously you're the one who made the party because all of a sudden, when you leave, the party's down. Clever. Um, so then the 90s, it was all about her and chic skinny models and torn clothes and that's when it was all about um jame king who is it jame or jamie i never know i think it's jame i've always thought it's jamie like obviously her real name is james but yeah she i've always loved her because when i was like little my mum worked as a producer on a documentary about models in the 90s and she was one of the talking heads on it and it was really powerful she talks all about the death of her partner david sorrenti and yeah, she retired from modelling, like, in her 20s. Um, she yes. says, from what I remember, in that piece, she literally says that she was offered heroin at 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, like, being given, like, champagne while naked in a bathtub for Vogue, like, as a at teenager. 14, like, it was very 
that anything goes 90s wild totally and her boyfriend uh david or davide i'm not sure how you say his name sorrenti was a photographer who died i think really early in his 20s yeah he died of hair and nose they were like right they were like really caught up in that together but like the vibe that i got from a the piece but b i can picture really clearly this footage of her like she's hysterically crying in this model yeah documentary. she's young and like what was actually a very sad story about people that are so deeply unhappy that they have had to turn to like the numbing effect of drugs becoming the poster children for what was meant to be like glam and it was just so wrong because it just wasn't that at all that wasn't what was happening yes and she was really she was in that really controversial picture as you mentioned where Davide shot her and these torn clothes and black and white surrounded by posters of dead musicians yeah Kurt Cobain who died of drug overdose and so it looked like they were glamorizing. That's where the whole heroin chic mm. label came. But I think she, the way she described it in that piece that she's been interviewed for the, for the New York magazine is that like, it wasn't about that. It, she, she wasn't glamorizing it at all. It was actually very deep for her. I yeah, it was meant to be like um, an acknowledgement of like the lives lost. The and, fallen like, was, yeah, people, yeah. I think. Oh I mean, God. I've always found Jamie King really interesting as well on Instagram. I could be well wrong. Listeners, if any of you know this if any of you are good at sleuthing is she now with lp as in lp the singer oh i don't know because i keep seeing pictures of them together as in she did used to be married to a man and she has two children but i think they divorced like ages ago and i don't know maybe she's just friends with lp but she was been posting pictures where i thought they looked very interesting romantic. i'm not really sure yeah she's just an actress not just but she's an actress now right she's only like 35 or something yeah, yeah, yeah. She's thirty-eight, maybe. 30, yeah, because yeah. she was so young when she was so successful. But she, yeah, went into acting. I'm trying to think what else she's in because white chicks. There's got to be something more new, like relevant than that. Uh, what has she been in? I'm gonna have to look it up. God, I don't know. I don't think I've ever. Really I've always seen just anything. had a big girl crush on her. I don't know why. Because she's like, again, weirdly enough, because she doesn't have as after I just poo-pooed uh, a young Gwyneth Paltrow for being like blonde and blue-eyed and elfin. For some reason, I think Jamie King looks weird enough that it works. I think another another it girl from that time, Chloe Savini, who also had that look, blue eyes, yes. blonde hair. Although controversial because people love Chloe Savini. She's still probably like the it girl. Yeah. She's got that cool. I did think her wedding was very cool, actually. I will say that. But I've never got it with her. I've always been like, why do people so love her so much? Why is she the darling of the fashion world? And like, she's this kind of indie actress. But I'm just like, have I even really seen her much? No, I hadn't. Um, but I think when I so I read the New Yorker profile from 1994, which is so strange because it it's literally just someone tailing her like about her daily life. She's not even doing anything that interesting. Um, but it's 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 like someone's got binoculars and is just wandering around like Chloe then does this. Chloe then does this. It's so different to a normal celebrity profile. Um, it's clear the fascination with her is like insane. And it seems to be that the people, the reason why people were so enamored by her was that was her knowledge of fashion history was so great that they said that even though she was dirt poor at the beginning, she was able to go into any vintage shop and like knew the fashion history so much that she could pick out dresses and pair them with things that like perfectly like acknowledged their the zeitgeist the, their time, of the piece, yeah, and their thing. time and whatever. Sorry, I hate that word. Exactly. And um, <laughs> exactly, I do. Exactly. And so, yeah, she was just always so ahead of everyone. And I think also it's that thing that we still fetishize, isn't it? Is like that thrift store chic. That's what yeah. she had. Like, well, I wonder like what the, where where the, the through line is from it girl to that girl. Because obviously that girl is now like the yes. TikTok hun. But that girl is like a basic cookie cutter projection. Whereas the it girl has like loads of personality. 
Yes, but then also an absence of personality because an obscurity, in fact, it says it in the piece that um, it requires not only some degree of fame, but also the right leavening of, of, of obscurity. An undeniable celebrity is not an it girl. And it's true. I think there needs That's to be, true. she needs to be an enigma. Definitely. Um, so then in the aughts, this is when the it girl becomes a bit more basic, actually. There was an I spy column for style.com, which is owned by Condé Nast in 2001, which basically chronicled runway shows and all the social events that surrounded them. And everyone wanted to be on that I spy column. I guess it was almost like the non-dirty sidebar, you know, the Daily Mail before it became gross. Like yeah. Everyone wanted to be papped on, on that comment. On like the party pages. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Corey Kennedy then became the first proper internet girl. God, who, I've never even heard of her. Yeah, I hadn't either, but she was apparently the poster girl for the indie sleaze movement. After oh, she must be more American, because I would have thought. Yeah, I don't know who that equivalent would have been over yeah. here, indie sleaze. Maybe that was like, Alexa Chung and Kate yeah, Moss. Yeah, I think it would yeah. be. And like Sienna Miller and yeah. like that whole crew. Um, because apparently she was an intern for a celeb photographer. Again, it's often like the kind of assistants or people dating the celeb photographers that eventually like become like swept Because then up. they become like someone's muse and then yeah, there's all exactly. these fabulous photos of them. So then in the 2010s, um, interestingly, the New York magazine says that it girls transitioned from the ones being photographed to ones who controlled conversations via, for instance, companies or blogs. So like Emily Weiss of the Glossier. Into the Gloss and Glossier and yeah. Audrey Gellman of The Wing. So the yeah. it girl became the career girl and then hustle culture started from that. And I would girl say, boss. yeah, I would say that's still probably a big thing in the UK. But girl boss culture has been completely decimated. I don't think that's a thing. Do you not think someone like Maya Jama could have been an it girl maybe three, was was the London it girl three years ago? Kind of, but I think it actually speaks to what you were just saying before in terms yeah. of uh, Enigma. I, don't, I think she's too present i know what you mean like and i don't mean that in a disparaging way i love maya and that's what people love about her that she's so open that she's so honest that she's like so truly herself all the time but i don't think that that transparency lends itself that well to it girlness there was a time i think when she was dating ben simmons that Mm. we we both commented on how enigmatic she became yes you're right when she wasn't saying and she'd like just kind of disappeared off to new york as this like Enigmatic. Also, I guess we must mention Gossip Girl. Serena Vanderwoodson mm. was the ultimate it girl, wasn't she? Totally enigmatic. No one knew. It's like, where has she been, Serena? Yeah, yeah that was like the cre- opening. Yeah, credits. opened with like, she's all summer, been off school and no yeah. one, like, something crazy has happened and her mum sent her somewhere. But my favourite character was always Blair Waldorf, so. I mean, she was more vulnerable and sweet, really, at the end of the day. Like, even though she was a massive raging bitch, there was something so charming about her because she was so vulnerable and secure yeah and i mean in a way this kind of goes all the way back to what we were talking about earlier with Gwynny, which is that women have to be like likable and so you don't yes. want to resist like you don't want to project an image of yourself that's annoying but actually i would say that a lot of the it girls are not trying to be super likable at all you know and that's no. part of the the pull yeah totally and i was trying to think who were the girls of the moment i think probably the most recent i can think of is people like cara delavine but even then i'd be like cara delavine to me would be an it girl from six years ago sorry that's what i mean yeah yeah yeah. i can't think of any more recent than that i think it's the same principle as the as we were saying before as the that girl which is that in fact i could be going completely mad but i swear to god we literally have discussed this on the podcast within the last couple of months like there is no such thing as an it girl anymore because the proliferation of the internet has made it like too varied and a they can't exist in the same way b there are too many of them 
So there isn't a it girl because there yeah. are multiples of. And just these other ways as well in that cultures all kind of um, like everyone's become so similar now because of the internet. Yeah, it's so I true. I think I'm sure was what we were talking I think about it is that. previously. And yeah, I yeah. can imagine like seeing someone photographed and like the picture of the New York Times once a week from the party pages is like so much more exciting than seeing the pictures they've uploaded of themselves. And finally, Curated. one thing I said on the, well, one interesting thing on the It Girl was that New York Magazine made the analysis that the biggest change to the It Girl since the phrase began in the 1920s is its surprising segregation from the male gaze, which I would also say was quite true. Actually, that is quite true because I think the It Girl is always like a subject of female fascination specifically. Like it's about women that like really loving them. I don't think you can be just an It Girl just off the back of like men fancying you. No, but then I think in the 20s and even 60s, if you look at um, Clara Bow and Diane Brill, if you ever Google them, they're very like what you would see as traditionally sexy, you know, huge voluptuous figures, um, super short skirts, like incredible, like drip, like Marilyn Monroe style. Mm. One person I will say is a bit of an it girl. And I'm, I must say, I think it's because I didn't watch Euphoria, which I know is mental. I and I know it. I've got to. You've got to. Is Sydney Sweeney, who I know that you love. I'm not that interested in her. And I don't know why. And I want you to convince me. I'm obsessed. Yeah. I mean, I know everyone else is. I know everyone loves her. I like her. I liked her in White Lotus. Liked her in Handmaid's Tale when she's even young before. Like, I think she's a great actress. I think she's beautiful. But like, that's where ends the interest ends for me. I think she is... Um, for me, I have a girl crush on her like I did the Maya, with Maya Jama in that I think her life sounds so impossibly glamorous. She's always at the best events. She looks amazing. I love her style. But she's got more of a girl next door look to her actually than the it girl. Would you listen to anywhere. interviews with her? Like, are you interested in what she has to say? Or is it more about a kind of style icon? I would rather look at pictures of her. Got it. Yeah. Um, is she in a relationship? What's her? She is in a relationship. And actually, I interviewed her. I interviewed her for The Telegraph. And she was very nice, but she, I didn't feel like we were going to have the deepest conversations. Mm. Um, Bit of a wall up. Yes. Although she did tell me a funny story about how the first time her dad watched Euphoria, the first episode of Euphoria is Sydney Sweeney like bouncing cowgirl tits, like completely out, like so graphic. And that he watched that on his own and then has never been able to watch it again because she didn't warn him. It's not very like dad friendly show i guess yeah she completely forgot to tell him not to watch the opening episode but um i am fascinated in what is going on with her romantic relationship right now because she's been all over the tabloids um because she's filming this rom-com called anyone but you with glenn powell who was in top gun who by the way is so hot i literally never even realized who he was before but no i don't know who he is google a picture of him he is very attractive he looks like a better looking Zac Efron from back in the day and um, they're shooting something together sorry or this is there so they so last year they were shooting this rom-com oh, no, I don't think he's very attractive Do you not think? no but look at the pictures with Sydney Sweeney anyway so they were papped in Australia on the beach in their bikinis looking so loved up and all these tabloids and like American sites were like oh my god what is this like insane chemistry between Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney and people were saying that the chemistry was that like the pictures were essentially proof that they'd both cheated on their respective partners. Sydney um is with is engaged to a 37-year-old um food and drink entrepreneur, I think. And Glenn Powell 
was with a model called Gigi Paris. And even though Gigi Paris and Sydney were clearly on good terms before they started filming, because when the film was announced, Gigi Paris commented on Sydney Sweeney's Instagram, like, so excited for you and like heart emojis. A few months later, she unfollowed her. And then uh, it was seen that Gigi Paris was like carrying stuff um, away from her and Glenn's shared home. And then she unfollowed Glenn. And then she posted a video of herself strutting around with the caption, know your worth and on to the next. Oh God. So I think they're clearly broken up. Um, But Sydney does still seem to be engaged. Her boyfriend, fiance Jonathan Davino because they were papped together two days ago which is making the internet think now that actually was it all a PR stunt because let's face it have any of you even heard of the rom-com no and actually I must say that's quite a clever PR stunt because what better to get people interested in a rom-com than chemistry between the two leads exactly it's so sexy like now I'm definitely gonna watch it and everyone's talking about it everyone's gonna watch it out I think it's not been announced yet. Probably end of probably the year. not for another few years or something. Oh, probably probably end think of this year. Do you think they have said what the name is? They 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 have. Oh, sorry. Um, it's called Anyone But You. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um. So I think it's a very smart PR move, and they've probably just not felt the need to comment on it because it's generating loads of press for the film, and that he was probably clearly going to break up with Gigi anyway, and Sydney's fine. Mm. But I think Sydney is like incredibly mature. She told me she. How old is she? I think she's like twenty four. She doesn't drink alcohol. Quite young to be engaged with a 37-year-old. No judgment, just just saying. Well, Hunter Harris, whose um, newsletter I always read, said it was disgusting. Okay. <laughs> um, because she met, they met when she was 19. Right. And he was 33, I guess. Right. Um, but she n- doesn't drink alcohol, has never drunk coffee. Like, I mean, sometimes when I look at pictures... Oh, I just like, find that slightly annoying. Well, yeah. no, I think it's if you don't like coffee, or by all means, don't drink coffee. But like... I mean, I won't get into this too much here, but coffee actually has proven health benefits. It's not even bad for you, but yeah. Yeah, so is red wine, which is... Well, no, help. that's, I'm afraid. <laughs> You're reaching a bit there, huh? Yes, it does have some grapes in it, but no, alcohol it's is good bad for the you, heart. unfortunately. It can know your cholesterol. Yes, but you would be better off having no wine. Okay, well... <laughs> Sorry to say, and burst that Do you know what? I don't care. Uh, but yeah, Sydney Sweeney does strike me as someone who is not fun on a night out. Oh, Yeah. Takes Sorry. herself definitely very seriously. Yeah. And my God, I mean, I feel like she she's clearly one of those people that thinks her body is a temple. Mm. And my God, does it look like an yeah, amazing... It does. I mean, it yeah, does look that rather... shows. I've actually, um, I, now after you asked me to Google it, I can see that pic of them together, like where they must be filming on the beach when she's in the little bikini. So talking of... Damn, she looks good. Yeah, they look, I mean, she's incredibly hot. But anyway, so there were these pictures of her and Glenn Powell um, also promoting the film on the red carpet recently. And they did look, my God, if you can see chemistry, it did look like genuine chemistry. Are these even. the ones where she's wearing pink? I think so, yeah. And they're like looking it's up at like each so other. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, people started to post pictures of Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher, who are rumoured to have cheated on each other. Because, you know, Reese Witherspoon is just split with her husband. Yeah, which we talked about. Which recently. we talked about. But apparently it's because they she had an affair with Ashton Kutcher really? on the set of their new rom-com. Oh, I've seen that film. What's it called again? I actually quite liked it. It was quite sweet. Did you feel chemistry? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> not really that I can remember maybe but no it was a quite a nice rom- oh god what's it called sorry guys this is useless we'll put it in the show notes I would recommend going to watch it it's a Netflix rom-com well they the internet sleuths had some fun comparing contrasting the red carpet pictures of Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher and Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell and some of the more sensible ones which actually I think I do agree with um were like well listen if you're actually cheating you're going to be standing as far away from each other on red carpet as possible you're going to be so awkward 
You're gonna yeah, be- you wouldn't like be hamming up the fact that you have all this chemistry. Exactly. Like, yeah, I agree. Which means, and then if you compare the red carpet pictures, Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon couldn't look more uncomfortable. They're standing so far apart, like hilariously far apart. Ashton Kutcher looks like he wants to die. Interesting. I mean, I like that, like as a bit of fun gossip, like it'd be fun if that happened, but I just, I'm, I'm skeptical. I mean, yeah, it, I don't know. Uh, but we'll see. Let's see. Let's see what. I mean, she has just divorced her husband. I mean, no, not even divorced. They've just separated and they're divorcing. So, it but I feel, feel like quite fresh. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are like so strong. You know, oh, they're that's unbreakable. So true. Yeah, they're even a great recently couple. they were just in the nose because in the nose in the news because they have said that they are not leaving any money to their children. Yeah, they won't be trust fund brats. They're going to give all their money to charity and stuff. I love that. I think that's great. Okay, well, I hope he hasn't cheated on Mila. I hope not too. It'd be sad, wouldn't it? Yeah. Sorry to leave you with that potentially devastating news, guys. Devastating. Right, Hans. We hope you enjoyed. We better trot off. Yeah, I've got some engagement drinks I've got to go to. Kathleen has to plan a handy. I do. What the hell? Literally, the minute you turn 30 and suddenly... So we do. The wedding bells be ringing. Can I just say one fun fact that I think you'll enjoy is that there was a funny... Well, not funny, but there was an interesting Sunday Time Star piece about how how all these um, 21-year-olds getting married now like Brooklyn Beckham and Nicola Peltz. Oh, how... that is definitely the kind of piece I'd like to read. Yeah, and the writer who wrote it was talking about how her child has just got married age, like 21, and they've moved really? in together, and all they do is, like, go visit farm animals. And... See, without being, like, a massive um, Debbie Downer, you know I like to do this with journalism. Yeah, yeah. Is that new? Or have people not been getting married, getting married young for centuries? Well, sorry. Is, I mean, yeah. Is that a trend? Or have people, in fact, been getting married at 21 for as long as we can all remember? Many people's parents have got married at that age. So maybe or... it's the comeback of a trend. Yes. We but love... I'm saying, I don't think it ever went away. I think people but, have always got married um, young. As you should know from being a journalist, that doesn't matter. And all news perhaps is why I find it so difficult yes. pitching because I'm like someone's already said that once or that's obvious or whatever. No, I think you quickly realise that news can be news any day of the week <laughs> even if it's not I mean, people do genuinely have always been getting married young especially celebrities like Brooklyn Beckham is hardly the first yes I think in fact we talked about this in a podcast episode that often they don't know what else to do with that with themselves so you might as well you might as well get married and also I think they very much go into it thinking there's always divorce yes and also I, I think can afford to get divorced yes they can and also if you're not married do you have trust Mm. no that's not what i mean to say what i mean to say is i think some celebrities are so exposed <laughs> you mean that in the celebrity world not yes. just generally in <laughs> sorry life. if you're not married do you have trust no sorry <laughs> i don't mean that i mean i think you're so exposed as a celebrity for them marriage is the only safe haven they can think of yeah i agree and with that kicker i'm we off shall close the curtains close the curtains leave a review rate review and subscribe and do send this episode to a friend as always and your male friends because i would like to know yes. what they thought we'd like to hear their opinions on this yes male listeners shoot us a little dm we'll keep you anonymous we are yet to hear from men on our dms we're not we've only ever heard from them irl haven't we guys we won't think you're pervy if you slide into our dms we no. will welcome it you may even compliment us maybe <laughs> anyway we'll see how that one goes bye bye, bye.